Yeah, I mean, what was supposed to be like France's momentary sort of center of international media attention <laughs> of like yeah, sort of five minutes in fame of sort of global <laughs> yeah. political attention. Besides like yellow vests, revolts, yeah. and things like that. The election has been stolen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> you know, all the. It's hard to talk about sort of actu without talking about uh, Ukraine and Russia, even though we're trying to focus on sort of electoral developments. Right, right. Um, I mean, even the the sort of what we've been speaking about, and obviously that there's one shouldn't judge by sort of the decline in sort of poll numbers for sort of right wing candidates and say this is sort of reflection of a sort of fundamental shift in sort of what's going on yeah. in France, but like. The election does fundamentally today look very different from sort of what we've been talking about sort of as this the past just, six months. These last sort of six months, I mean, obviously those forces and so sort of the new French right is still extremely sort of powerful and yes. there's a lot of confidence still there and um, that will sort of continue beyond the 2022 life sort of electoral cycle, but the sort of rights because this sort of this sort of new right which we spent a lot of time mm. speaking about mm. the stage has sort of been been upended for them yeah 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 at least yeah. on the short term I yeah mean, at it'll least be interesting to see i think what happens in the long run about mm. russia like yeah well they have been somewhat discredited for their like brazen putin like pro putinism um and what that i guess what that has led to in a purely electoral electorally kind of uh, focused uh, way is that Mélenchon now uh, in the in the polls is you know with within a respectable distance from maybe from the second round you know there might be because there's so many right-wing candidates which are all pulling about 15 percent or so that someone like Mélenchon who's slowly going up from 10 to 11 to 12 to 13 uh, has a shot and it's interesting that 2022 you know might be for the right might be what 2002 was for the left right, you know right, where there was everyone knew thought that Jospin right. was gonna um, get to the second round just expected it yeah, and yeah. so they had all these second right. all these other proliferation of left wing candidates and in the end Le Pen got to the second round, and right, so right. maybe what we'll see this time is Mélenchon just squeak through to the second round, just on like a total random one, which would be great. I mean, we were it would sort of, be really great. We were joking about this before, just as far as the, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Sort of the sort of verbal and rhetorical sort of gymnastics oh, that, that shit, all of yeah, these sort yeah, of French editorialists are going to be going through. Well, there's going to be 100% the Figaro will call for a Republican front against yeah, Jean-Luc yeah, 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 like 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. And w- without any sort of tongue-in-cheek, without yeah. any irony, yeah. you know. Right. And so will Valérie Actuelle, for that matter. Sure. You know? yeah. I mean, 100%, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how far into the centre and centre-left those calls for a Republican front against the massive threat right. that is Mélenchon. I mean, to see how sort of pathetic the attacks from people like Hidalgo and, and, and Shadow against um, against Mélenchon really are. I mean, well, against the Chavo 
boutinisme of Mélenchon. I guess one one sort of thing you mentioned, which I sort of just wanted to respond to as far as the discrediting, and I think of, I guess you specifically said, sort of to discuss the kind of declining poll numbers that Elise Zemmour has faced in recent weeks. Mm. I would say, if anything, I mean, the, the kind of electoral effects of the Russian crisis, of the, of the war. Um, honestly, I think it's obviously been muffling in the sense that what people are most talking about in France today, or at least what sort of mainstream media are sort of forcing down sort of the agenda is sort of the Russian crisis. I mean, mm-hmm. over the last two weeks, three weeks, Le Monde has published every day at least 10 pages out of a 30-page newspaper mm. has been about sort of the war. Yeah. Um, what I think is sort of maybe as a corollary to that, though, what I think is maybe important to sort of take into account is actually if there is a benefit to Macron as far as sort of the crisis um, has proven, it's that like I mean, he, he gets to sort of position himself as a leader for sort of in a period for of crisis. For France, yeah. In crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less, I think, what's been less marked, and I think this applies on the one hand to Mélenchon, who clearly has not really been affected by the attacks from Hidalgo and Chano. Yeah. Also, I think it also does apply to sort of Zemmour and Le Pen, um, who have not also necessarily been affected by their sort of past mm. um, But also the editorialists. With, with Putin. Like, so the effect, no, that, I guess, sorry, just, the effect is... Purely just sort of about how Macron has sort of been able to sort of successfully curate himself as sort of yeah, an international exactly, sort of political yeah. figure. It's, but it's the the flip side of that is I think that it's it's benefited Macron, but it's not like it's it's negatively affected the others necessarily. It's just sort of silenced their voices somewhat because in this context of a war and you know all these international relations problems taking place right you know the president is the one who will dominate obviously right, right, right. and so you know i mean it's, it's sort of textbook stuff right but, um i mean i think the oh, the yeah. sort of interest in this is yeah the sort of this obviously applies to other countries whether it's sort of britain germany and sort of the united states to sort of speak about i guess the most sort of powerful kind of nato powers but like what will be interesting to see is, I mean, how sort of in the long run, mm. I guess, these sorts of geopolitical questions are going to sort of be metabolized by kind of the political systems in and France, how sort of yeah. in France, I mean, how long is it going to be sort of politically appetizing in a country like France to basically accept sort of a a firm rejection of sort of Russian energy. Well, well yeah, I mean, we're already, we were talking about earlier how France, France and Germany are particularly enmeshed economically right. with Russians, and particularly at the level of energy. Right. And so, for example, Total and Renault have not sort of yeah, so, I mean, many left of, many Russia of, like right. other companies. Right, uh, right. And the, also France's sort of geopolitical history there's always been, you know, it, it's never been able to be com- completely on the side of the USA right. versus Russia, obviously, historically, Cold right. War and stuff. And this is a sort of, there will, France has a certain opportunism in relation to situations right. like this, and I think that that's what they'll pursue, probably. And as far yeah. as Western leaders go, I mean, Macron has more than sort of the other sort of key NATO presidents, mm. he's 
open the door quite in um, quite consistently to Putin over the last sort of five yeah. years. He has wanted sort of this, uh, this sort of strategic reset or whatever, a sort of new, uh, what he's called, sort of a new architecture mm. with Russia. So, I mean, today you have all of the, I guess, all of sort of the media f- sort of fury is falling down on Mélenchon or, yeah, yeah. or sort of Zemmour or Le Pen. But Macron has reflected this like general French kind of indulgence towards Russia, which yeah. is just a, an element uh, with sort of major sort of historical um, sort of historical precedence in France, which is this sort of um, kind of gravitational sort of pull between France and Russia. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, now to come down maybe from the from level the... of geopolitics into the into the domain of, of politics proper. <laughs> French There's maybe politics. some few French politics. There's some, uh, you know, some news. Um, Sandrine Rousseau, the uh, sort of radical, from the radical left wing of the of the news of the Green Party, yeah. and who <clears throat> went to the second round of their internal primary against the guy it. from the right wing of the party who right. lost by very very small amount. Right. Um, she has been kicked off the the campaign, the presidential campaign of Jadot, who is who who won. Presumably because there's just too many disagreements, too many, you know, and she she was saying some stuff publicly about negative stuff about the campaign. So there's some sort of movements there that clearly indicates a sort of closening of the left of the Greens to La France Insoumise. uh, But she she hasn't come out fully in support of of Mélenchon. No, 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 no. But there's movements that are indicating uh, in that direction. And then on the right, of course, there's uh, Marion Maréchal Le Pen, who is the granddaughter of Daddy Le Pen and the niece of Marine Le Pen, uh, who's quite a big figure in France on the French right. Right. Uh, She has endorsed Zemmour, uh, which is... Just confirms what we were talking about last time about how, like, despite the fact that Zemmour is not only has not only plateaued in the in the in the polls, but also it's kind of going down in the polls, right. that people are still joining him and still because he represents this pole of reconfiguration that they all want a piece of after yeah. the election. Right. Um, plus, she's positioning herself to take over from the FN after Marine steps down, which she will after she loses. Right. Right. Uh, uh, in a month's time. Right. Um, uh, what else? I mean, so looking at if we sort of uh, give a bit of a rundown of where we are sort of polling-wise in yeah. mid-March right now, yeah. I guess you have, from what I guess the latest things I've seen, you'll have sort of Macron in just sort of like, very strong position. We're going to yeah. sort of talk about this next, I think. <laughs> Macron, in a lot of the polls I've seen, he's up at, for first round voting, he's around sort of 31, 30, yeah, even yeah, up to yeah. 33%, which... Ridiculous. Is somewhat like eight points over where he was um, in twenty seventeen, uh, and then like second, you'll often have Marine Le Pen at sort of seventeen percent, yeah. um, which is comparable to where her father was in two thousand two. Yeah. So, and set many percentage points below. Um, mm. And she was what around twenty two percent in twenty seventeen, something, like something like that, and then sort of jockeying in this sort of third sort of for this third third position you'll have I guess Pécresse de Le Pen kind of hovering around like 15. between 15 on the higher end for maybe Pécresse or Zemmour down to Mélenchon who's 
between sort of 13, 12, 13 yeah. percent. Um, and then obviously, yeah, so Jeddu, um, 5 percent, Zidangu, 1.3 percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, within the margin of error to 0 percent. <laughs> uh, and said at like 5 percent, the Communist Party candidates. Yeah. Um, so the sort of story right now just seems it's it's Macron's extremely triumphant Macron triumphant right yeah. uh, what you were saying about sort of two thousand two um, mm. I mean the 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 threshold for second round access for the voting seems to be that low again it'll be seems somewhere be, in yeah, the yeah. sort of Seventeen, kind of eighteen percent. It'll be in the low twenties or high teens. Right. It'll. Be, I would say the last time mid to high teens. I would say it seems. I mean, we'll never. We'll never. Yeah, we we well, we don't know. It's speculation. <laughs> like, yeah, at this point, yeah, it's that. That's. Yeah, which is, I mean, yeah, Minoshul could sneak through. He could sneak through. That'd be so. <laughs> That'd be so fucking. Joking. It's just. I mean, over the last, I mean, we sort of. I think what we've been speaking about has been a reflection of that because I don't know we've been forced to just sort of fiddle with our thumbs or whatever as this the French right goes from just like media sort of blitzkrieg to yeah. media blitzkrieg just yeah. the last like two years or yeah. whatever but just the just I don't know the cathartic just like oh just yeah <laughs> like, the feeling of like satisfaction if like just smug. they were robbed of that yeah like just to just I don't know, to be in the sort of C-news, like... Newsroom. Newsroom, yeah. like, like, as you have the as you have the macro Yeah, yeah, come, come up, yeah, yeah, with the background of the Elysee, like, or whatever. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, we're maybe getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. This Sunday, I guess, I think Nick and I are going to do a bit of, uh, I guess, I don't know, sort of on-the-ground... Mm tourism or I don't know political tourism sort of well we're spect- gonna spectatorialism we're... I don't know that's how it works <laughs> we're going to go more like we're bref we're going to Sunday. a Mélenchon rally yeah. To, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. on Sunday it's his March of the Sixth Republic um, one of those sort of major elements of this campaign new yeah. constitution um, so I don't know yeah we'll, we'll I guess we'll talk more about that. In our but next, next time, though, next time, next episode, we will know who's going to be in the second round. Yeah, the second so round guess, yeah. would have been. Yeah. So yeah, just so we're clear, what what is it? The, when what's the exact date? The twenty. Uh, it's you have April tenth, and then April I think 10th. April twenty fourth or twenty eighth. I always forget, but it's yeah. April tenth is the first round. Then I think it's, I want to say the twenty eighth. I think. Um, it's the Disneyland tour. I'll look at this. It's the two. It's two Sundays after. Um, but yeah, so I think we're, what we are thinking is that our next episode will be sort of what the French call the entre deux tours. Um, so it will be our sort of... So in between the two rounds. Yeah, so it's April 10th and April 24th. So yeah. we will give you guys a full rundown of the election results Yeah. in mid-April. Yeah, we're um, bashing those right. results. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, now I guess what yeah. we're going to try and talk a little bit about is... So I guess the, the sort of sociological underpinnings of what we're witnessing, more or less, yeah. uh, which is, how should you say, the the rise of a strong kind of what centre block, but also but out of the ruins, like a strong centre block, a dominant centre block out of the ruins of the destruction of the left right kind of right. Um, um, uh, opposition and. Uh, you know, on the one hand, disintegration of the left, and on the other, the sort of reconfiguration of the right around right. 
a new poll that you know we 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 read we read a a sort of interesting sociological study by a guy called uh, Jérôme Fourquet and Jean Laurent Casselli. Yeah, I guess Fourquet is. I mean, he's a. I guess the director of one of the major sort of polling institutes. I mean, he's a he's a sociologist slash sort of, mm. sort of social geographer. Yeah. He's done a PhD, and he's for all intents and purposes yeah. a very serious researcher. Yeah. But he is, I guess, director of one of the major sort of polling institutes in France. Yeah. yeah. So he's very much like a numbers sort of statistics wonk. He's very guy. much a yeah, like he's a he's a sort of policy wonk slash center left dyed in the wool slash. Centrist, right? Progressive, right, sort right. of. Uh, he's bore. He's, in, you, he's fascinatingly boring. Yeah, he's like that ubiquitous kind of like, bien pensant, inverted commas, progressive. Kind right, of right, like, right, right, right. He's a consensus, very much a consensus kind of intellectual. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in yeah. Um, um, and but we, his work is very good. I mean, it, there's, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of elements. Sure. No, I mean it's it's a it's a useful book in the sense that it. I mean, he really does paint a picture of how he tries to give sort of a general kind of take or interpretation of sort of how French life has changed over the last forty years, and that's I mean it's a quite ambitious book, and he sort of he makes a lot out of sort of kind of silly sort of yeah, 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 superficial yeah. shifts like I mean it's quite a funny book because he, he well, there, there it's was... the structure of it at least Nick and I are about halfway through right now yeah. we're, we're sort of the plan is we're going to read this book and probably his other book from 2000 I think 19 called sort of the French Archipelago mm-hmm. which is about sort of a more political analysis about sort of the disunification of France it's mm-hmm. very much a sort of declension kind of story of yeah. sort of the fracturing of French society yeah, yeah. but he I guess the way he structures at least this book, which is very much about sort of economics and sort of sociological kind of shifts. Just the structural changes in French society. Right, but he sort of structures it around kind of these vignettes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, he focuses on... Some of which seem more pertinent than others. Right, and some of which also seem to be sort of very much reflections of his own sort of... Anxieties. (laughs) Anxieties. Yeah, 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 it's a very... Despite being, you know, like a dry, serious soci- sociological study, yeah, you know, based on mountains of quantitative data, right, right, there is something kind of idiosyncratic about it. In sure, that, like you know, that like, presumably what you were going to get to was how, like, he was like sort of his anxieties around the fact that now today Disneyland is like a bigger cultural reference, right, right, right. even for the French. Not not only in how people perceive France from the outside, yeah. but even for the French, more than. I don't know what his counter example would have been, but like, like more than like Baudelaire or like more than like, like Lourdes. Or, do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, or there's like, some statistics like he cites that like, or like 80% of or like French... The cathedral of Strasbourg yeah. is less of a reference than Disneyland and this is like awful. Yeah. Like he ponders the fact that 80% of French people under the age of 30 or whatever have been have been to yeah, Europe yeah, Disney yeah, outside yeah, of Paris. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this actually made me think of um, But I think no, what's important to be fair I mean we're making fun of him, yeah. but what's important there, the context, just to sort of give credit to the argument, yeah. is that there is this massive shift that's happened where a lot of old industrial kind of references have shifted to sort of tourist references essentially. And you also have physically the replacement of kind of where industries were with now tourist kind of uh, 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 kind of industry 
uh, sort of I don't know things whatever sure. Disneyland or whatever there's all number all manner of them and that you know what we're seeing is you know there is a sort of the sort of how should we say socioeconomic anchors of society you know you can th- th- their transformation you can very much see reflected in the way that w- what thing what what things are references for people right like and as it happens for our generation Disneyland is more of a reference than I don't know, Les Mines de Pas-de-Calais or whatever. Right, right. Uh, right. Well, it's, it's a classic. I mean, it's a... You said it, idiosyncratic. It's a quite old sort of sociological kind of narrative of the shift and the shift between sort of Fordism, mm. sort of the society made yeah. by sort of large industrial sort of combine sort of productivism of sort of 50s, 60s, 70s yeah. to the sort of Civilization of consumerism, yeah. and um, I guess what would be the what would be the English translation for la civilisation des loisirs? But the civilization, like leisure, of, society. leisure, yeah, leisure society, society of leisure. sort of when sort of the cultural references, yeah, are not, I guess, um, are not, yeah, sort of local, sort of religious traditions or, or local sort of cultural references or, or yeah, yeah, industrial, but they're sort of television series mm, and yeah. laser tag yeah, and yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. all of these things and so, like um, Les Villages de Marc yeah the uh, what, like, um, we have a word for it in English outlet malls is what we yeah outlet malls oh, he spends about he has sort of a 20 page chapter when he's talking about and it's <laughs> it's it's almost my imagination of him writing it was sort of I mean, he, he went he was driving to his sort of vacation home and then he stopped by the sort it of outlet just like, mall what on earth is this <laughs> <laughs> and so he talks sort of he spends maybe twenty pages talking about sort of what outlet malls say about mm. sort of shifts and sort of But this is all this is all I mean consumer like, habits. Again, we enjoying making fun of him. Right, right, right. But th- you know, there is you know, there is a lot of as you say, this this, depth this is yeah, it's, there's yeah. a lot of depth. Right, right. And, you know, there's some very sort of clear kind of changes that he sort of very yeah. very clearly lays out yeah. for us. Yeah. And you know, it's you know, decline of industrial uh, kind of centres, not only in terms of the w- the way that infrastructure structures the sort mm. of landscape, mm. because now you don't need the same infrastructure, you need other infrastructures. Mm. You have the sort of, the new the new industries which are distribution, you mm. know, there's all these massive warehouses everywhere, it's, and that you even have like a repop- repopulation of certain parts of the country around these new industries. Right. And things like, you know, the... God, what are they fucking called in English, English? England from England. It's like a, a real estate park or some shit. Or like, anyway, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's sort of like... It's, it's sort of parks. Business parks. Business, business parks. parks right, but like, right. to for any number of things. Right. And how like, even... They... Because of their own... How do you say? The, the way that these industries uh, uh, function yeah. is that they... A lot of them will adopt like the architecture of the local region yeah, sort of or whatever. The equivalent, kitsch of, equivalent. Sort of Provencal style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can and like you can map a lot of sort of how should you say the new implantation of industries across the country right. along all the big motorways, right, rather right. than the railways, which would have been the case right, right, right. Uh, in the, industrial society right, and so right, on, right. like that. Yeah. I guess what he's trying, and this is the sort of recurring phrase of the whole book. He's trying to give a portrait of what he calls throughout it, sort of la France d'après, sort of the France yeah. after. Yeah, we're back into the idiosyncrasies here because 
the whole like France d'après is very much the that element of language is very much an element is that like a, a consequence of his own anxieties sure, sure. about France. Absolutely. I mean, what he what's interesting he, that he doesn't say, and he I mean he does somewhat touch upon this mm-hmm. in other ways. But what he's not saying, what many people in France when they use mm-hmm. instead of saying la France après, they would talk about the Americanization of France, mm-hmm. sort of the rise of sort of American consumer sort of styles, yeah. sort of certain sort of sort of vogue such as sort of the individual home yeah. sort of the individual well, he has sort that of whole little house. subchapter on Americana architecture sure yeah in yeah, France yeah. and how much he hates it <laughs> but because I mean this is an old sort of discourse in France is sort of the Americanization of French society obviously yeah. over the well, last what they of... mean by that is the transition from an industrial to a consumer society absolutely and that's exactly. what he oh, sort much. of deals with yeah. in many ways is this sort of what are the sort of like both manifestation right. and drivers of sure, this sure, thing. Sure, sure. And, you know, he has that whole thing where, like, he has all these sections on, like, the, 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 the quote, the sort of, um, the, the, the quotient of, uh, uh, of swimming pools yeah. per, like, square kilometre in different yeah, parts yeah, of France. Yeah. And stuff. But, like, what's also quite good is there's this sort of visual aspect to what right, he, right. he's, he analyses, because, like, what he calls aesthetic. Right. You know, it's, it's also changing the shape of the actual landscape and what you so. see and what's built there. Right. And there's those wonderful maps in the the second part that we read right. about like uh, that show the different layers of, of what was built style and when, before yeah. 1918, then before 45, right. then before 1970, then before 2000, right, and then right, since. Right. And you can just sort of, it's a very, very sort of no, interesting it's... way of visualizing changes right now I mean I have this map in front of me right now and I guess it's overlaid with I guess five different colors corresponding to I guess areas of the country where the sort of dominant architectural style is before from before 1919 then you have 1919 to 1945 that period is quite interesting because it's pretty much only the northeast yeah yeah so the part that was just leveled during the the, wars yeah yeah the parts that were just leveled during World War One and then I guess you see sort of the 1946 to 1970 which sort of corresponds to kind of because he says la France d'après, and it's la France d'après, sort of the kind of what they call the sort of the thirty glorious years, sort of yeah. the sort of post-war economic boom, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Which actually, I mean, the the sort of geographical footprint of that is really quite small. It's sort of concentrated around sort of the major urban areas. This sort of mm. corresponds to sort of the period of kind of high modernist sort of Le Corbusier, sort of the big kind of but, residential towers around sort of French cities. Um, but also. Towns, you know the little pockmarks. Sure, yeah. The countries, yeah, yeah. like the medium-sized towns. Well, that's exactly. Yeah, those are all sort of. That's where you see sort of yeah. on out sort of the traditional sort of structure of all French cities. Yeah. Besides the ones that were just completely leveled during yeah. the wars, yeah. is you have the very sort of old historical center, center medieval slash nineteenth-century house yeah, 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 yeah. style, and then from the sort of nineteen forty-six to nineteen seventy yeah, period, yeah. that's what dominates the first ring around yeah, yeah, cities, yeah. and yeah. this is where you have the sort of Le Corbusier style of sort of, yeah. I guess the I don't know, twenty fifteen story kind of nineteen yeah. sixties sort of concrete modernist yeah. Yeah. architecture, yeah. and then after that is the sort of nineteen seventy one to nineteen ninety period, and this is what really interests him. This is the kind of, this is when you have the sort of victory of, I guess what he would yeah the sort of consumer society that he's interested yeah. in. This you see, I mean, this is 
a massive period of sort of development. So, yeah. And so this is where you have around all Paris, all basically. the coastlines, yeah. um, sort of major influx of sort of new sort of residential developments. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sort of Paris area, you can just see absolutely ballooning yeah. with sort of the sort of individual sort of family homes, sort yeah. of suburban kind of American style suburban living and whatnot. Um, so no, the, the, the visual sort of description that he, it's yeah. extremely rich and detailed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, sort of to come back to something that you said earlier, like to his credit, I think, yeah, he doesn't sort of speak about sort of this process as the sort of Americanization. Mm-hmm. So he, he talks about, it's, it is this sort of this, the in sort of indigenous sort of development of sort of French society and French capital. It's refreshing to not have this sort of narrative of just like the invasion of sort of American this sort of consumer style corruption. and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is just what yeah. happens and what is happening in many yeah. sort of kind of post-industrial yeah. sort of Atlantic kind of yeah. northern uh, society. There was a little vignette, I think it was about a town called Tonnerre, mm. where um, he sort of describes... Uh, what the town was and what it's now become. And it reminded me so much of the town that my family's from, which used to be uh, uh, an industrial centre of the region. You know, not a very big town, maybe at its height, still under 20,000, but big industry, big industries and lots of factories. And now, you know, it's a town where most of the people who live there probably work in some form of big you know, large surface supermarket right. in some sort of, either the hospital right. as well, like healthcare and things like that. So in the majority of French towns, the f- primary employer today is the, is the, of, is the is hospital, hospital or the school. Right. Um, and that's exactly, you know, or the supermarket. Right, right. And that, and that's exactly it. Right. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. That's a, that's a real good description of, right. of what happened. Right. And before, before it was, uh, pipe makers, diamond cutters, right, um, right. you know, all these industries, most of the people had jobs there and now it's this other stuff. And right, then right. The, the, he does give a good kind of overview of this sort of aggregate process that that actually looks like right. when you add in all the different kind of poles of causality mm. that are going on. Mm, mm. Yeah. I guess so there's maybe one other, I think, point of maybe context and first off I guess Nick and I haven't finished the book yet so we can't give you guys a full kind of overview of it but mm. the it's one of that he sort of leads off of this in the introduction is making sense and sort of for him making sense of sort of the yellow vests as mm. kind of a characteristic revolt of absolutely kind of this new France kind of the, the sort of post Fordist kind of yeah. sort of consumer era sort of, yeah. sort of society I mean yeah. For him, the yellow vest. Maybe I mean, they're, they're, one can criti- criticize his his take here. For him, the yellow vests are is sort of the kind of the organic revolt of yeah. kind of la France d'après. I mean, this is I guess this I think he's kind of relying on kind of at least the early interpretation, primarily of the yellow vest as sort of this kind of revolt of car driving suburbanites, which. One can, I, th- I think, as the sort of lifespan of the LFS sort of mm-hmm. went on and sort of as the sort of movement kind of matured in later months, it did kind of renew with sort of more of certain sort of older French traditions of political radicalism yeah, or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for him, I guess the, the yellow vest... stayed in that original... And this is where he kicks out the book, and the yellow vests were indicative of, and it surprised so many people because it was so, I guess 
free of many of the references of, I guess, old style um, kind of. 20th century, well, 20th century history. Um, well, all their references history. were basically this from the stuff that's taught in school about the 18th and 19th century revolutions. Right. But what I found interesting, uh, particularly about the Gilles Jaune reflections, yeah. is that when he sort of focuses on why is it that the, the roundabouts become this focalisation of yellow vest sort of attention and yeah. presence... And he puts that in the context of this new economy based around uh, motorways right. and the sort of, I, I don't know, the sort of commute from the outskirts of towns to the sort of entrepot, mm. to the to the warehouse, mm. to the thing that you work, that where you work, that's often not in a, in a city. You know, mm. it's it's and so the the the. As you say, the the roundabout became this vocalization because it's what they knew. Mm. You know, in the same way that the worker of the twentieth century, what they knew is the factory. What they knew is the sort of working class, the quartier populaire. Mm. You know, mm. what they knew is that physically, what they knew is 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 those mm. physical places. Mm. Well, the yellow vests, as you know, a workers' revolt of the twenty first century or the post fordist era or whatever you want to call it, they know the roads and the roundabouts in between their peri-urban life mm. uh, or sort of home and you, the places where usually they, they will work, mm. where the most work mm. is in a lot of these kind of forgotten, left-behind places, you mm. know, whose economy is basically being propped up by the fact that there's an Amazon warehouse, mm. you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the département mm. or wherever. Mm. Um, and that, I, I, I thought that was quite pertinent, quite interesting, mm. is mm. that the... The sort of spatial aspect right. of right. the sensibilities of the gilets jaunes versus twentieth mm. century mm. industrial sensibilities. Right. Um, right. Theirs is infrastructure, roads, roundabouts. Uh, the the way that you get to work is via those places. Mm. In uh, that's new, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, but um, I guess maybe to shift to kind of I guess what we concluding sort of, concluding yeah, sort remarks. Of one of the kind of the thing is that I sort of had trouble not reading, especially sort of given what has sort of happened um, and sort of reading sort of Macron's just political strength is seeing in this book sort of somewhat of an explanation of just sort of Macron's strength. Yeah. The fact that, I mean, sort of from, I guess, anyone maybe on the center left, like Hidalgo, if we even sort of allow her to sort of represent a political <laughs> space, over to Valérie Pécresse, sort of a quote-unquote centre-right. Yeah. This is a, if not hegemonic, a sort of politically dominant sort of 45, 44% of the French population, yeah. which kind of, because of sort of the particularities of the French sort of system, seems very durable, sort of like a durable yeah. kind of Under the political Fifth Republic, space. it is um, durable, yes. And, I mean... There's a new sort of French right. Mm -hmm. There have been over the last five years a series of sort of popular revolts. Mm -hmm. From Macron's perspective, he is in a very strong position. Yeah. He, I think, I mean, his has been a successful mandate from his perspective. Yeah, we talked on about his own terms. This is something we didn't yeah. speak about in the introduction, but I mean, yeah, just yesterday on Thursday, I guess he gave a sort of a three or four hour long press, con press conference when he discussed his his program and basically it's obviously you have some sort of 
cosmetic shifts and some sort of tactical kind of mm. um, tactical concessions, sort of. But retirement age at sixty-five. Yeah, um, which was even higher than what it was during the reform de retraite. Right, even higher than movement, the opposition. Yeah, um, um, which you know. It caused him quite a, right, right, a right, lot right. of political capital. Um, uh, more time. tax cuts on sort of capital investment yep. and successions. Um, more reforms yep. to sort of the the unemployment system. Yeah. So he certainly feels he's in a strong enough position right. to be able to put those forward without having to pay for it electorally, basically. And he's making a big point about the pension reform, which he wasn't able to pass a couple of years ago. Uh, he's making a big sort of thing of putting it in his program right. so that when he does tries to pass it and there will inevitably be a strike movement against it uh, he'll be able to sort of claim legitimacy this was in my program right. the French people voted for this right. blah 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 and I guess maybe to use Fouquet like for me personally what it looks like or like my my sort of take would be from like, using the sort of information from the book would be that I mean and it's not original as a take uh, but it, you know, they're the the social basis for a strong left wing and for a centre left, which is tethered to the interests of workers, is obviously completely evaporated. There is no longer this industrial working class that is sort of able to defend its interests. You know, there is this sort of structural change across the country, which leads to what he calls moyennisation, sort of. Yeah middleization you know right. not in terms of political centrism but in terms of people people's economic interests no longer being directly tied to some form of political representation of those interests no. you know everything's more like uh, muddier you know yeah. and uh, and but within that whereas there has been a you know destruction of the french working class right. as there have been in as there has been in lots of other countries uh, of their working classes the middle class and the middle superior class, you know, mm. the sort of Macronists, basically, yeah. you know, they, they've just been going from strength to strength. You know, how should you say that the new industries that have replaced have frag, uh, sort of weakened the capacity of working people to sort of, how should you say, recognise political representation for mm. what it is. Mm. But it's managed, it's made middle class people and upper middle class people sort of crystallised almost. They've, they've almost become stronger, almost more aware of their interests. Mm. Uh, and you find that in Macron, you know, this sort of like combination of progressive bien pensant views, you know, with just a neoliberal programme. Right. And he was something he rolls over sort of quite a bit in what I think is the longest chapter, at least up to this point in the book, which is about sort of the what he calls the sort of ideal, I think, majoritaire, so the majoritarian ideal is to own a sort of single standing family home in the yeah. suburbs. That is the sort of, yeah. that is the sort of ideal sort of imaginary um, in contemporary France. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, he, I think that's a quite important sort of social fact. Yeah. Um, we can sort of regret it. We well, can, which, which, um, which might not be so surprising to hear for Americans or, or British people, but right. in France, that's an authentically new development. I mean, I know people of my mom's generation who have lived in a flat for like forty years and they still rent. Right. You know, it culturally is was never that much of a thing. This whole idea of sort of a property owning kind yeah. of 
aspirations right right certainly have has now sort of right. ingrained itself and so that is quite interesting about the book um is he spends a lot of sort of time discussing sort of cultural references and sort of cultural images whether it's sort of novels television shows reality tv sort of series films yeah um and he talks about the fact that sort of the sort of image production in france has a certain sort of lag with the actual sort of material reality of the country. And of course, one can say this is common. I mean, obviously, yeah. in the United States, you don't... France have, isn't unique. But you, right. It has particularities of that destruction. Yeah. But in France, the sort of the cultural references are so... Dated. Sort of, yeah, sort of steeped in a certain sort of Parisianism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, in, yeah. all the production studios are in Paris. All yeah. of the sort of the publishing houses are in Paris. Yeah. There is this sort of... I guess, dialogue with sort of the major cultural references of the sort of post-war period and the 1950s, 60s and whatnot. But also the fact that the cultural production takes place in a center which, just on the level of sort of materiality of just what life looks like, mm-hmm. is very different from what he shows. It's just yeah. the majority of French life today is suburban, is based on sort of, yeah, sort of, I don't know, big box stores. Is um, priced out of places. Sure, it's also, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so this sort of, this, his attempt to sort of describe the implications of this sort of geographic shift, these cultural, these new sort of cultural references, new sort of cultural aspirations, is I think a very, I mean, there's a lot, it's a very sort of meaty. um, Yeah. I mean, the... It's a lot to chew on. Right. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. I guess maybe should we... Yeah, let's call it. Should call it there. Um, all right, cool. Well, part one of three of our kind of discussion. Uh, la France of, sous nos yeux. Yeah. The uh, France, the France that eyes. is voting today yeah. is the is how we sort of yeah. fra- have framed right, right, right. the justification for just <laughs> yeah. reading this book and talking about some electo- election polling. <laughs> all right, well... Have a lovely day. Yeah, have a, have a nice day and yeah. uh, see you next time. That's fine. Next time we will be telling, giving you results of the election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye.